Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And, you know, um, I, well, more often than not, I'm asked about bringing Will on as a producer. Why did I do it? You know, I've been working alone for almost a year. Why did I feel like I needed somebody? And the truth of the matter is, I work better when I have a partner. On Generation Gossip, it was Mandy. Um, you know, and it, she didn't write all the time. Um, she did what she could and what she wanted to. If something inspired her, or if, you know, if I needed some help or something, she would jump in and help me. And with Drunk Gossip, it was kind of the same thing. Like, all right, like, yeah, I got this. But it's also kind of nice to have someone help me out. And, you know, if um, if I need some research or something, all I ever have to do is ask Will. And I have a plethora of information in a heartbeat. So, and, you know, it's just nice to have someone to rely on. And likewise, it has to be good for Colin Jost to know that he can rely on his weekend update um, from Saturday Night Live weekend update partner, Michael Che, to defend him. See, <clears throat> over the weekend, Uprox posted a, an essay called... Why does everyone still hate SNL's Colin Jost? And basically the whole article was calling Colin Jost mediocre. And lamenting the fact that he is wealthy, apparently, for some reason. Um... Some of the criticisms, I will say, I think are legit. Um, Colin Jost is known a lot for frat boy humor. And that is one of the things that was called out. On the other hand, is that really so bad? You know, that I think that's a, that's a question that only... People can only answer for themselves. Um, but Michael Che took offense to this. I was like, no girl, you do not go after my boo. <laughs> for the record, Michael Che and Colin Jost are not boos as far as I know. Um, but he, he put up a series of Instagram stories which were deleted. But one that has been making the rounds... Um, says, I, I don't think it's St- Stephen Hyden, but that name stuck in my head for some reason. But this guy sucks off stray dogs and rescue dogs, and, like, nobody knows why. Defending your, defending your friend is one thing. And, and, and in this case, it actually is warranted. 
Um, since the attack seem- seemingly came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I watched, I watched the show, I watched Saturday Night Live, and there was nothing particularly offensive, um, from Colin Jost. You know, maybe it was because it was more of the same, maybe this dude just wanted some page views. Uh, I don't know. But to resort to making a bestiality joke just doesn't seem right to me. Um, Stephen Hyden um, didn't take it personally, though. He said, Dear Michael Che, I don't feel harassed. Your bit about me having sex with, having sex with dogs was hilarious. Have a nice Easter. Your pal, Steve. And what this actually sounds like to me is a bunch of straight men having a dick size contest. My dick is bigger than yours, and really nobody's gonna win that. <laughs> I mean, if if they all want to take their dicks out and compare them and let let the gay guy see it, fine, because I will be right there measuring and touching and whatever they'll let me do. <laughs> And this is why I need Will because, <laughs> oh, if he if he edited these episodes, <laughs> that bit would be t- taken out. <gasps> I'm gonna go and I'm gonna come right back. And I'm back. And one of the stories that everyone's talking about this week is Luke Perry's final Riverdale episode is going to be airing on Thursday. Uh, April 25th. And um, for those of you that don't know or have chosen to um, block it from your memory, Lou Perry sadly passed away uh, in March um, due to complications um, from a stroke. He was in a medically induced coma. And I don't remember who told me. It could have been Mandy. It could have been someone else. Um, But someone said to me, you usually don't come out of medically induced comas. Um, So when he passed away, it was not completely unexpected. In fact, a lot of people believe that they were just keeping him alive so that all of his relatives could gather around him um, as he took his final breath. Now, you know, Lou Perry's not the first, sadly, he's not the first person to die while, um, while shooting a, a show. But the outpouring in grief from, um, from the people who knew him as Fred on Riverdale and the people who knew him best as Dylan on Dino 2 and are all kind of coming together. And I'm going to guess that this is going to be, um, this is probably going to give the show a ratings boost. Now, obviously, there's no way they could have planned this. There's no way they could have said, oh, by the way, this is what we're going to do. Um... But it would be very 
Um, it, it would be, I'd be remiss not to at least mention it. Um, Riverdale creator Roberto Aguirre Sacasa said, um, tweeted out, this week's hashtag Riverdale is the last episode Luke filmed. As always, Fred's imparting, Fred's imparting words of wisdom to Archie. A beautiful, true moment between a father and son, and his son. Wish these scenes could go on forever. And then the fans started commenting. Won't be the same without him. Goodbye to the most kind-hearted person in Riverdale. Fred will seriously be missed. Um, and this is true. Um, there's no word yet on what... The 90210 um, sort of reboot docu-mockumentary weird thing that Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth and Jason Priestley and Ian Ziering are doing. Um, they, ha- they haven't said how they're going to address Luke's death. Um, I'm actually kind of guessing that they're going to address it head on. Um, since they're supposed to be playing outsized versions of themselves, it would only make sense for them to either, like, be gathering at the wake for Luke's funeral or um, something of that sort. Cole Sprouse was on The View recently, and he told the ladies of The View, I can't go too much into the spoilers of it, but we do have something planned narratively. We dedicated some of the episodes to him. And, I mean, again, Luke... Luke was really beloved by a lot of people. It's it, it, it's fascinating and it's sad to me that so many people loved him. Um, and, and for such drastically different roles. Um, you know, those who love him as Dylan loved him as the teen heartthrob of the 90s. The, the one who um, they lusted after. And those who knew him as Fred loved him as the father figure. The one who was going to help make sure everything was okay and, you know, giving wisdom and, and, and the such. And it's just so, just so telling, um, just what an impact he had on, on pop culture, um, and, and really culture at large. Rest in peace, Luke, and I'm gonna go and be right back. And I'm back. Um, so, one of the things that I get criticized for, um, with my social media is I don't post a lot of personal things. Um, when I was dating he who does not exist, I did post a lot of pictures with him. And I realized during that period that was causing a lot of stress. Um, and it was really undue and it was really kind of silly. Um... But because I have a lot of fans um, from writing, 
from Generation Gossip and whatnot. Um, whenever I would post a picture of him and I, it would get more likes than what he did, and that really bothered him. Now, um, far be it for me to try to say I'm like a social media star or anything. I'm not. Um, but I did have more people on my page than he did. Whatever. Um, but from there, I just, you know, I'd already decided I wasn't sharing bits and pieces of my relationship with with people because I'd done that when I was with my abuser and again it backfired horribly so um, so I really generally don't speak about my my personal life um, you know I'll talk about it on here you all know that there's someone I like a lot um, and I believe he likes me we're not dating as of yet but soon <laughs> Um, but I don't, I don't give details. I don't feel like it's necessary. If you're in my life, you know. And if you're a fan or something, um, you just need to know about my work. Um, and Pink is kind of getting to that too. Um, she, she's, she told Ellen that she's no longer going to be posting photos of her children on her social media anymore because um, people can be cruel and nasty. Which, I don't know what took her so long to figure this out. You know, I love me some pink. I think she's a brilliant artist. Um, not only do I think she's a brilliant artist, but she's a spectacular performer. Like, she really knows her stuff. And she has always avoided controversy. And when she did step into it, she handled it like the pro that she is. Um, she apologized and moved on. And for that, honestly for that, she deserves applause. Because not every artist is able to do that. Um, but she told Ellen... I just won't share them anymore. I won't do it. I'm not posting pictures of them anymore. Um, sorry. She said, people went as far as saying someone should call child services because he didn't have a diaper on. And how dare I? And some of the nastiest things. I cried so hard after that because I like to share my family. It's my proudest moment. I'm prouder of my kids than anything I've done in my whole life. So what, basically what prompted this is she took a picture, it was her and her husband and, her, and the two kids, um, and a pelican had um, flown into their living room, in Pink's own words. I looked at it like, there was a pelican that flew into our room, it spent two hours with us, it was a, this incredible experience for my family, and I have a two-year-old, two-year-olds don't like to wear wet swim diapers, and at some point he took it off, I don't think like that. We're a family. We live on a farm. My kids are naked. It's what happens. You know, and here's the thing. And she's absolutely correct. Um, that, that sort of stuff does happen. And you can, you can go through and look. And almost everybody has 
naked pictures of their children. Um, you know, it... So, so the online backlash just seemed like people wanted to be pissed off about something. Um, but Pink, as always, is kind of spinning this. Um, she said... She said it's probably better for her daughter, Willow. She said it's probably time to pull her back from the, from the world and let her live her best life. Um, she said, there's a kind way to be online, and I'm open to kindness. Someone else taught me two weeks ago that the word gypsy is derogatory, and I'm not a person who uses derogatory language. I wrote back to, to them and said, thank you so much for being so kind and for educating me. I'm editing it. I'm taking it down. And that word will never come out of my mouth again. There's a way to do things. And again, I completely, 100% agree with Pink here. Um, you know, there are words that I was using that I didn't realize had connotations that were horrible. And I'm sure we've all done it. And if someone says, hey, you know, this is why that's not okay... I'm like, oh, all right. Well, now I know. Now I can change my, my behavior. Now I can change my pattern and, and be a better person. But just coming at me, swearing at me or whatever, I'm like, think it's not going to do anything. I'm just going to flip you off and say, fuck you. And what I'm going to do right now is say, I'm going to go and be right back. And I'm back. And, okay, so... After I got a request, I started doing some research for Saturday's um, episode of Drunk Gossip. It's called Explosive Soap Opera Exits. Um, and I kind of got an idea for, um, for a book I want to write. And I just got to do some checking, um, a little bit more research. And... I don't, if you guys haven't heard of Melanie Benjamin, really go check her out. She's a wonderful, wonderful writer. Um, she wrote The Swans of Fifth Avenue, which I read with the bestie. Um, and the girls in the pictures. Um, and basically what she does is she writes historical fiction um, based on real people. So Swans of Fifth Avenue is all about... Um, Babe Paley and her circle of friends, including Truman Capote. And basically, um, the whole book is leading up to Truman Capote writing um, this Roman Clef about the circle of friends and, and whatnot. And it, it's just such a great book. Um, so, and of course I read this before I had this idea for a book. Um, so, as I was doing research for, um, Saturday's episode, and and I talk about it extensively, um, I've recorded the segment already, um, as I was recording the segment, I just kept thinking, like, oh my goodness, this is such a fascinating story. Um, it's not quite as far back as what Melanie Benjamin does. In fact, it's um, it only goes back to um, like nineteen ninety two. 
Um, but historical fiction is one of those things that has always kind of evaded me. I like I get really fascinated with the subject and I start to craft a story and something happens and I just can't follow through with it. Um and and I don't know why. Um you know, there's always something that just kind of blocks me. It happened with um with Cleopatra. Like I've always wanted to do I, I've always wanted to write about the love triangle between her, Mark Antony, and Julius Caesar. And I've just never been able to quite, um, in, in terms of a historical fiction, I've never been able to clamp down on it. As soon as I switched it over to fantasy, boom, it was done. Um, so I'm hoping with this one, um, is since since this kind of revolves around um, the soap opera industry, which I love, and someone who, while I like, I didn't watch her. I don't. I wasn't like a, a fan of her. She's not Susan Lucci. Um, um, I'm hoping that you know, just doing some research. Um, even the cursory research I did for the segment, which, I mean, obviously writing a book, I'm going to have to go further and, you know, and I'm going to have to also look to see what are the restrictions with, with historical fiction. Um, especially when a lot of the players are still alive and still working. Um, the main character is, is dead. Um, and I didn't mean to say that so bluntly. Um, but yes, she, she did pass away. Um, you know, I, what I really want to do is I want to learn from Melanie Benjamin. Because, again, I just think Melanie is, she's such a terrific writer. Um, I've read both the books I've mentioned. She also wrote The Aviator's Wife. I believe she has another book coming out soon. They've all hit the New York Times bestselling list. And that's... That's one of the things that... Uh, um, you know, obviously every, every writer... And I don't care what they say. Every writer wants to hit the New York Times bestselling list. Period. Um... But, you know, my goal with, with this book is just to segue into yet another genre for me to kind of dip my toes and splash around a little, have a little bit of fun, just to kind of see um, what it's like. You know, obviously there are a lot of people writing about Hollywood and um, the going-ons in Hollywood. But for some reason, people don't want to touch the soap industry. And, and here's the thing. like, When I sit back and I look at my audiences, um, or, and I look at underserved audiences, just like E.L. James did with Fifty Shades of Grey, the soap audiences are underserved. 
band, they are the most loyal. And, you know, people will tell me I'm wrong. People will say, you know, I'm crazy. But I'm telling you, they are loyal. They are smart. And they will keep coming back if you keep giving them good material. I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, over the weekend, we did the Britney Spears deep dive. And y'all went crazy for it. So, thank you for that. Um, you know, it feels really good to be to be appreciated. Um, and, and to know that you guys like what I do. Um, but, um... More than that, you know, I think it's just appreciated. For me, it's it's just appreciated um, that I get to do what I love. Um, so we're gonna talk a little bit more about Britney now. Um, for the first time since this whole free Britney ordeal started, she went. She was allowed out on a day pass. Um, and she had a, a date with her boyfriend, um, Sam Escari. And, you know, they went out on Easter yesterday. He shielded her from the paparazzi. It's all very cute. Um, you can go see the pictures over on page six. Um... It's all very adorable, and it really looks like Sam is very protective of Brittany. Um, and which, again, is adorable. I think it's very, very sweet. Um, but there's also a component to this of. Why is she only out for the day? Um, and here's where it gets kind of um, dubious, I think. So, without, with, with, with the acknowledgement that I've never been in a mental hospital, I'm not quite sure how um, these things work. Um, it seems rather odd to me that she would be allowed to leave after only a short time in there. It, if she was really off her meds um, and they're trying to get things righted, um, it seems odd that they would let her go on a day pass within the first... Thirty days of her being checked in. Now that's not to say that I think she needs to be locked up or kept in there. I'm just saying it's very odd um, that she's so bad that she needs to be locked away in a in a mental hospital, but she's not bad enough to where they need to keep an eye on her. So what I'm thinking is. 
either A, she was never really that bad off to begin with, or B, um, she was, and she's been in there longer than, than what we're being told. I'm kind of falling into the second category right now. Um, Just based on all the evidence. um, And I'm also wondering why Lynn Spears was fanning the Free Britney movement. Um, You know, there's... There are so many reasons and so many things you can do to help somebody that you care about and that you love um, get their mental health together and help, um, you know, and take care of them. I don't quite see what the big issue is with um, letting them, if, if, if they're in there and they really need the help, let them be. And especially with someone who has a large fan base like Britney. Um, you know, I, I, it's really hard for me because obviously I'm one person. Um, so I don't know how big her social media universe is. I'm going to guess in the tens of millions, though. Um, between Instagram, Facebook, Twitter... Um, obviously, I don't think she she takes care of all of that herself. Um, except for Instagram. I actually think she does do her own Instagram. Mostly because there's a bunch of candid shots of her and Sean Preston and Jaden all over it. So with, with Instagram, I do think she does, she does that herself. But the rest of it, um, she has a team of paid people who, who take care of it. Um, and you can always tell when, when there's someone else doing it, because Brittany is known for using emojis, and as has been pointed out, in some of the last posts, there were no emojis. Um, and someone asked me, over this weekend, if I thought we were actually getting near... Um, 2007 levels of breakdown with Britney. And my answer is this. It's so very hard to say without... um, It's so hard to say without having um, seen her or interacted with her um, or just any kind of video or to see how she was acting. Um, I don't think she was pulling out the pink wig and putting on a fake British accent. Um, but I can, I can kind of buy that. She was tired of being on the meds, um, and whatnot. And an anti-lawyer even said one of his spies seen her out on the state with with her boyfriend, and she looked like a zombie. 
Um, which obviously is not thrilling for anyone involved. Because, I mean, none of us want to see Brittany sick or upset or anything of that sort. And it it's very disheartening to think that she is um, that she's just being drugged so someone else can profit off of her. And you know, and, and I just do want to say that there's a chance that that's not the case. It's just not very likely. And that's going to do it for me for today. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, cheers.